Number one, it's the hard work. Like I work like nobody's business, like a bunny rabbit because I'm afraid of being poor again. That's the bottom line. I have this death fear that I'm gonna wake up one morning and I'm, I'll be back in the middle of you. Hi everyone, I'm Marquita Harris, the Work and Money Editor for Essence, and welcome to Unbossed, a podcast for self-starters, entrepreneurs, and women who are about their business. Today I've got a special Wonder Woman guest at the Essence headquarters. I'll be speaking with Mahisha Dellinger. Mahisha is the founder and CEO of Curls Beauty Brand. You may have heard of them. Curls is one of the leading natural hair care companies in the country. Personally, me and my edges have been a fan of their blueberry bliss control paste for years. Um, in addition to running a multi-million dollar business, Mahisha is also the, a mother of four, and she's the star of Owns Mind Your Business with Mahisha. Uh, the fact that she just had an hour to spare and with me and let me pick her brain and ask her about her life story, so to speak, is just an amazing testament to the type of person she is. Um, I also love, while speaking with her, I found out something about her story, which is she's not a chemist. She wasn't cooking up batches of hair product in her kitchen before she started. She was just a woman who had an idea and drive and motivation, and she didn't DIY this. In fact, she budgeted and saved and got an expert. And I don't know, I think that was an interesting aspect of her story. It's pretty much speaks to the fact that you don't have to DIY to be an entrepreneur. You can get an expert. So I thought that was an amazing facet of her story. Anyway, Mahisha is also an entrepreneur and a host. She's also serious about mentorship. Um, it's the premise of her show on OWN and nurturing budding black women entrepreneurs is also something that she's not only passionate about, she just does it in her spare time. Who does that? Seriously, who does that? Um, anyways, enough for me. Let's hear what she had to say. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mahisha is the founder and the CEO of Curls Beauty Brand. Curls is one of the leading natural hair care companies in the country. Personally, I don't like to play favorites, um, but I am a little biased because my edges have been a fan of Curls, um, their Blueberry Bliss control paste for a couple years. Yay. It's a staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, in addition to running a multi-million dollar business, Mahisha is also a mother of four. The star of owns Mind Your Business with Mahisha. And did I miss anything? Wife. So I have five kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> four. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Got it. Kidding. Kidding, babe. Kidding. I'm, I'm just, just kidding. kidding. He might be listening, but maybe yeah. not. Um, Welcome to the show. Welcome to Thank Brooklyn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for making it to Industry City. Absolutely. Um, and you're based in Dallas now. I am. I okay. moved from California. My family, the business, everything. Okay. Just about six years ago. Got so, it. So yeah, I'm I'm Dallas girl now. And I was curious about that because I know I was just doing you know doing a little deep dive into you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, yes, yes. Um, I know you were raised in Sacramento. Yes. Meadowview. Yep. Okay. I don't know a lot about Meadowview, but I do. I remembered hearing about it. A couple years ago, because uh -huh. that was where Stefan Clark was. Yes. We, like around that area. Meadowview, a.k.a. Danger Island. Yes. Very rough, rough, rough neighborhood. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Tom, I want to know more about your upbringing wow. in Meadowview. 
Where do you want to start? Okay. Where so, do you want to start? Let's start at the beginning. Um, I want to know, so you have this multi-million dollar company now, but from what I understand, you started um, very young in terms of like your entrepreneurial mindset and that self-starter. Like you've always been very driven. Mm-hmm. So I want to know more about that. When did you first kind of flex your independence, so to speak? Very early age. You're okay. right. Um, you were painting up tape, painting attention, <laughs> taking notes. Very early, first okay. grade. My okay. mother was out before I was leaving for school. Okay. She came home way later than after I got home from school. So I had to really manage myself okay. from getting myself up in first grade, breakfast for myself, pack my lunch, do my hair, wow. take myself out to school, lock the door, come home, do my homework, do my chores. I didn't have anyone managing me. Okay. I had to do it all. Got it. Latchkey One, kid. I mean, that's first grade. Number two, in a very bad neighborhood. Number three, without any supervision. Yeah. So I did that because I had a desire to just do what I was told, but also be the exceptional girl that my, my mom said that I was. Got it. And so I made sure that I didn't give her any trouble because my brother gave her enough trouble. <laughs> and I was a good kid Got that it. made sure that I really followed every rule. Was this an older brother or? Older, four okay. years older. So you were yeah. the baby of the family? Yep. Or? Got it. And you, okay. So you flexed that independence at a very young age. And you did kind of mention, you know, you it was all about you preparing yourself in the morning, getting yourself up, going to school, all these things. And, of course, you mentioned hair. Yes, doing my own hair. What was your relationship with your hair? Like oh, I had kid? to be cute at school. I had to be cute. <laughs> so I had, I used to love French braiding my hair. I taught myself at, at the age of five how okay. to French braid my hair. Wow. Five, I, right? Okay, real talk. I'm I'm going to admit this, but I still can't French braid. Wait, I'm sorry, what? I can't do it. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's, Let I, me help you. I have had people do it for me, and I think I got lazy after a while. But like, it, see, now I'm still a bad French braider, so I'm feeling a little shameful right now. But it's okay, it's okay, okay. I so. was determined to French braid because I didn't like the way my mom did my hair. Yes. So I taught myself okay, on, my bra- on my bangs, That'll and then I it. went from there to... My two French braids, that was my signature style. Okay. Part down the middle, two French braids. What hair products did you use then? Oh, think about Proline, the grease. Okay. The blue yep. and green. Yeah. Um, and water. Okay. Grease and water were my staples and my brush. Got it. I feel like everybody either used um, the Proline or Lusters. And then, Lusters, yes, but that came later. That yes. was middle school. Yeah. Okay. Elementary school, I was just the grease and water. Got it. The, the pink lotion came later. Yes. And then Let's Jam. Yes. Okay, so um, yeah, that was the evolution. That's funny. It smelled like berries. Yeah. And that and was it, the first item that really laid us down, really, yeah. besides gel. It and really, it reminds me of the blueberry, now that I think about somewhat, it. Yeah, I, somewhat. When I first used it, it reminded, it, there was, and it it doesn't, reminded me of my childhood. Yeah, it doesn't like get, build up residue or cake or any of that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. To get back to your upbringing, um, what was your first job? My first job at 15 was at Zanzibar. It was a cool, exotic gift shop. Okay. Um, didn't really do well there. I got fired. Okay. Yeah. How long get... were you there before you got fired? <sighs> and weeks. what did you get fired for? I, you know, I got called in. I called in because I had pink eye, and they thought I was lying, so they fired me. Got it. It wasn't, you know, it was my initial out-the-gate experience with two, like, young white girls that mm-hmm. didn't like me. Okay. Just, I keep it 100. Because you was cute. Was. You had the cute, well, maybe you didn't have the braid still, but you I had didn't, the I, hair was But popping. it was just not really, they didn't like me. Yeah. And okay. I had to grow to figure out that sometimes that will be the case. Mm-hmm. And to push through it. Got it. But that's what it was. So after Zanzibar. Zanzibar, then I went to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. I was Chucky. Got it. Wow. <laughs> so you used to have to wear yes. the whole costume. Yep. I was Chucky at 16. Wow. I did a Tony the Tiger stint 
for like a day and Hated almost it. passed out. Yeah, it's hot. Okay, first of all, it's hot. It's hot. Second of all, it stinks. Okay. They had okay. never cleaned them. Ugh. It was horrible. Got it. So all of these experiences, it sounds like you were just slowly like, okay, you knew you were determined as a kid and you're getting these, you know, these interesting job experiences that are making you say slowly, like, I'm going to ultimately do this my This is own not thing, for me. Maybe. I remember telling my mother... I really don't want to work at, fast, at a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. She said, you, you can't be picky. I said, yes, I can. I don't want to work Listen. at a fast food restaurant. And I said, I won't. And I didn't. And from that point on, I went to retail. Okay. I skipped the fast food after Chucky. Okay. So. I went to retail. Okay. So retail. Um, what kind of a retail job? And like, Claire what did you. Boutique. Oh, Claire's Claire. Boutique. Yeah. That was okay. my job that I actually loved. It was a brand new one about 35 minutes away at Country Club Mall, and it was a brand new Claire's, and me and my friends opened it up, and we put every piece of jewelry, every earring on the little Mm -hmm, peg, and mm -hmm. opened and got got it going. It was my first business experience. Got it. Starting from the bottom up. Wow. So what did you pull from that in terms of business? The work. It was a lot of hard work. It was four of us, four young girls, putting together an entire store and selling. It was my first opportunity to really see how a business was ran because we were given so much responsibility. We were young. The oldest girl was like 21. Okay. And then I was, yeah, you know, like 17 you? and okay. 18. Yeah. Got it. Through 19. Um, did you, um, in terms of college and what kind of a educational background did you have? So I actually was the first to finish college. Mm-hmm. And I also, my family members all on my mother's side didn't finish high school. They got, got GEDs if they did that. So I finished high school. Then I went on to college. Um, and I graduated. I was supposed to go to Spelman. Mm. But I wound up having my first um, baby in the middle of the school year. I was okay. in, at a JC. Got I was going to go on to Spelman. Had, got pregnant. So I had to stay local so my got mom it. could keep my baby. So I missed out on that experience. Okay. But that was my goal. It ended up well. My mom helped me keep the baby. I finished school a little later, okay. college a little later, but Got I still it. was able to do so with her help. Amazing. And then I went on to Intel Corporation as an intern. Wow. So you've gone from, you know, Sacramento and having this, yeah, but it sounds like a bit of a scrappy upbringing. Well, we missed the big part, the, yeah. the rough part in Meadowview. We kind of skipped over that part. Yeah, that was yeah. intense, insane. Okay. You know, lots of drug activity, house invasions, um, wow. drive-bys, our own home. My mm-hmm. brother was a Meadowview blood, so the Crips would drive by looking for my brother. Yeah. We had the house got shot up multiple times. Wow. Um, most of my friends are pregnant by 15. Yeah. Some of the brothers that make it to see 18. The cycle of poverty persisted in that neighborhood, my community. So we didn't really see a way out. And I wanted to get out. I lived with my mother, um, but I saw my father every other weekend, mm-hmm. who, unlike my brother's father, was an educated career man. He okay. went to TCU University um, in Alabama, and he was an engineer. My, fa- my brother's father was a pimp. Two different industries, wow. I mean, worlds, two different lives. We live with our mother, but genetics really take a play, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I saw how both of my parents lived. Every other weekend, I saw my father, and I lived with my mother. And I said, I like the way he lives. Mm. So I'm going to, what do I need to do to be like that? Let me figure it out. So that kind of answers, I mean, it sounds like it answers another question about who was really pushing you and supporting you for all those dreams that you started to pursue. David Vernon, my father. He was 
a motivator for sure. Wow. He was a tall, beautiful, well-dressed man that every woman loved to see. When he walked in the door, my teachers, my my <laughs> summer camp coaches, I mean, the women just, like, flocked him. He was, <laughs> no wonder my mom couldn't keep him down. Like, she tried to lash like like to the last on him she could not got it he was a beautiful man but okay. he taught me a lot i was i inspired to be like him mm. so was that the person that was kind of instrumental in this idea that you had for curls i want to get into that how did that mm. come about what made you i mean there's so many it sounds like there's so many directions that you could have gone and your environment didn't keep you down Mm-mm. It sounds like you were very self-motivated mm-hmm. and very, you know, inspired by a lot of different things. But what made you say hair, hair care? That's where I want to go. Well, first, I, I like to say that um, having a rough background can do one of two things for you. It can propel you forward mm-hmm. or push you backwards and you wallow in it. So two different people, same house. It pushed me forward. My brother is in the other place right now. Mm-hmm. He's hooked on heroin and, and still struggling wow. so it, it's what you decide to do with it um so I went on and you know propelled myself forward went to Intel Corporation so ecstatic to be there I was so happy and I felt how, privileged and how were you about I was in college so I had Kiana my daughter at 20 years old so 21 okay I had to go again a longer stint because I had to go part-time so I could you know manage having a baby and I started working at Intel at 20 years old 21 years old as an intern Got it. and I went to school full-time Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I mean, Tuesday and Thursday, I'm sorry. And I worked at Intel Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm. Full days. Ecstatic because this was a great corporation. Fortune 500, mm-hmm. great experience, hard to get into. I felt like I, it was an honor. You arrived. I arrived. You and I it. was proud. <laughs> and I was going to retire as an Intel Corporation executive okay. in my mind. That was what was going to happen for me. Mm. And so I sat down and figured out the path up, up the ladder because I'm going to take that path. I'm going to fast track it. I'm going to make it happen for me. I'm going to make this most incredible career manifest itself. And so I had a lot of amazing managers. Okay. Um, Intel really likes for you to move every 18 months and then within the corporation to mm-hmm. learn different aspects I'm of it. I'm familiar with that. So I moved around and I got one manager midway that was absolutely horrific. Okay. And despite me being the first one in, last one out, active, performing well, doing exceptionally well in my job, he put me on a corrective action plan. And that's Intel's way of getting rid of you in six months. I'm a single mother. Her father left me when I was six months pregnant. I'm the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. I was going to get fired. I knew what it was. I mm-hmm. saw it. It was over time. And I was beyond stressed. It was, I felt belittled. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I felt picked on, ostracized, all those things, because I knew I wasn't that. This sounds like the same, I mean, kind of similarly, the two girls that were, what was it, at the first job that you had that were kind of kind of blocking oh, you, right. blocking your blessings yeah. a little. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of hit a couple situations where folks were literally blocking yes. your glow up, yes. so to speak. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, so you're on this corrective action plan. Um, how did it How did it end? How did that stint? Go. Well, midway, I remember going in every day stressed because at any moment he could say, go home, you're done. And I had lived with that for months, mm. you know, going through that. Um, but I remember praying and going, God, you have to move this man because every single time someone called to get a reference because I was trying to get out, he would bash my name. <sighs> wow. He, I couldn't get out. He wouldn't let me stay. It was just, I felt so trapped. I was trying to figure out how to maneuver this mm-hmm. new situation. 
And I said, God, you have to move him. You have to move him. He is blocking me. He took a promotion and moved into Malaysia. Wow. Got a new manager. And so I was look like, at God. Oh, thank look you, at God. 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 It's not like, yes. It's not like, oh, just moved a couple, you know, a he city over. He went all the way on to Malaysia. <laughs> he took that okay. promotion and I said, yes. And then I left the department. Okay. I, I said, I have to go somewhere else. I went to another department and that was in January of that following year. And I had to do my review. For the following, the year before. And what year is this? This was, oh God, I can't remember. Okay. I better okay. go back. I can't remember right. It's all right. I was there for a total of eight years. Wow. Intel. Okay. Intern and then full time. All together. So I did my review and all the accomplishments that they reviewed my, my job performance on mm-hmm. were based with in that other department. The one that said I was slower than, yeah. needed help. I actually got rated faster than my peers. I got a raise. I got stock options from everything that was documented that he said was a poor performer. So that was my full circle moment. Okay. I knew that, but I knew it, but it was good to see it on paper. And I knew what it was. It really confirmed what I knew. Okay. And so Mr. McCarthy came back to Intel Folsom about a year later. And I run into him in the the, um, cafe and he sees me. There's a pillar like that pillar there. And he, moves his chair so he couldn't be in you know preview of me because he saw that i saw him and it was very awkward awkward for him so So he picked up and moved and i sent a nice little note that you know despite what you tried to do Mm -hmm. i'm succeeding i got a raise i said everything good thank you for teaching me a great life lesson um and then a few years ago recently pause for a second yes what was that life lesson what did you get from that i learned That while there are some bad apples out there, Mm -hmm. not everyone is rotten to the core like Mm -hmm. he was. Not everyone. So I didn't want to hold it against every white person, number one, because I could have done that easily. Yeah. Easily. I think a lot of I think a lot of black folks, especially black women, like we have these experiences and it can be hard to let go and keep moving on and keep moving forward. Yes. So I think that I mean that resonates. It's it's literally like, okay, I'm gonna let I'm I recognize this, I'm moving on, I'm letting it go. I had to learn that because my very next manager that I moved on to was polar opposite. He was amazing. Mm. So, and the ones before were amazing. So I, I had to take it as it was and learn that it was him and not everyone. It was hard, but once I moved on, I realized that that's what it was. It was him. Yeah. And some people are not open. They're not educated. They feel like um, we're all the same. And what they see on TV is what they expect to see. That's why I was happy to see Obama get, despite politics, mm-hmm. that he was elected to show America that there, we don't all look the same. We don't all act the same. He was yes. an amazing example of what a great man, husband, father looks like without slander. Yeah. Agreed. I loved it. Agreed. So Agreed. Agreed. that was what that represented to me. Forget the politics, but show the world. Okay. So you... Had this experience at this place for eight years. Well, that was the, um, about the sixth year. Okay, about the uh-huh. sixth year. How did how did you get into curl? How did you end up striking that on your own? What was that journey like? Well, I went, I moved, I left that department, okay. went to my new department. Okay. Um, I had a breather. I went, oh, gosh, thank God okay. that I got through that. Had a great manager. But then I sat and thought, you know, that can happen again. It could actually potentially happen again. I don't want that to happen again. I need to figure something else out. He had, for that time being, my financial destiny in the palm of his hands, he dangled like a carrot. Mm. It was dangling over my head. He, every day I walked in, I could, he had the authority to release me. So I said, how can I take back control of my financial landscape, my destiny, 
and my daughter's future. Mm-hmm. I was driven by my daughter, Kiana. I was a mother to her. She had, she had me to, to take care of her. I needed to make that shift. And that's when my bulb moment went off. I need to create a business. I need to own it. Even if I don't do it by itself, mm-hmm. let me figure out a side hustle. And that's where my mind started thinking. That's when it started thinking differently. Got it. Okay. And I left Intel at that moment because I could not um, continue at Intel with a day-to-day job and in the office eight to five and really launch a business. So I went to Pfizer, okay. Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, yep. where I was it. able to have the flexibility. I saw all eight doctors, which was my requirement for a day. I got done by noon. Wow. So I would come home and then work on curls. Okay. And that's what I did. I did Pfizer in the morning, curls after that, I had my oldest, Kiana, mm-hmm. had another kid, Bryce, and then Isabella back-to-back. So I was managing three Ooh. kids, a new business. A new business, a yeah. career, like all the things. So, I mean, it sounds like just the idea for Curls, it was more so about being liberated from, you know, from the job situation. For just You wanted to take control over your destiny yes. a little bit more, right? And that was what, why I did it, but then why I chose Curls because I was yeah. a newly natural mother okay that's relaxing. what i want to know yeah that's what i relaxing got it um kiana had had when i was 21 2021 20, and then i had the old older the last three later mm-hmm. and so i wanted to i was more educated about chemicals etc yeah. so i didn't want to relax anymore and at that moment i was I'm looking for products Pfizer. yes yeah right so, so okay. all the education happening there i knew i wanted to shift my lifestyle got it and that's what propelled me into um, natural hair care mm-hmm. was my own lifestyle. So were you making hair care products yourself? I was and mixing like natural or organic and, and essential oils for okay. hair, but I hadn't gone into the chemistry side of it. Okay. I was just mixing a lot of products and buying them and trying to make them work for okay. me. So some days would be extra greasy and, and not working. <laughs> Other days, awesome. It just didn't yeah. ever, it wasn't ever consistent. I have those stories. Yeah, so yes. yeah, we all do. Yes. Like we... Our ethnic aisle was a struggle for us back, mm-hmm. you know, before the natural movement. So that was why I moved forward with curls. And it was really a, ne- this a need. Kind of, this reminds me, too. Um, I was speaking with um, one of our interns at Essence a little earlier, and I mentioned, like, that you were coming in. And she got so excited. Ah. We also love her to death, but we also bonded again over a love of that edge that edge product ah, that yeah, I love so much. Bush. Yes. Thank you. Um, but she started asking, like, she was just like, you know, like, how... I mean, how do you get into making beauty products and like concocting these things with no background and mm-hmm. chemistry with no like how do you how does that even come how about? Like how especially for women who maybe they're not finding what they want, whether it's in beauty or cosmetics or whatever, but they don't have that kind of a background. They're not necessarily mixing things up in right. the kitchen, but they know that they need something new and they know that there's a hole in the market but they don't know like how do you get the expertise in that how do you do it well yeah so we're moving black women are propelling forward in business like left and right like, like we are growing crazy. we're growing mm-hmm. so in any whether it's makeup nail polish face yeah. you know face facial care hair whatever it is um it, it's always wise to not go at your go it alone unless you are a cosmetic chemist mm-hmm. but to find someone that can do it for you so getting a cosmetic chemist was what I did. Now, again, I, I didn't have a lot to invest in it. So that was my next question. Right. I had to use my yes, personal. How do you, yeah. Right. I didn't have, okay, I had great personal credit, but I could not get a personal line of mm. credit from a bank or a bank loan to save my life. Which happens a lot. Crazy. In, yeah, right. But. So we still have that struggle. Black women, black people, period of the funding issue. So I got denied left and right. So I had to use what I had in my bank. Okay. And so I started very, that's why I started smaller than I wanted 
um, which was a good thing. is a blessing in disguise because I wasn't ready for the retail landscape that early. But I started very small, e-commerce based. I ordered maybe I started with a manufacturing batch of 300 units, mm-hmm. very small. Um, just to really grow with it. And that was a blessing because when you start small, you can make the s- small mistakes. The bigger you launch, the bigger the, <laughs> the mistakes bigger are, mistakes. and the more costly they are. come back from them sometimes. So, and you can make changes before you're actually visible mm. to people. You know, update the packaging, maybe improve the formula, okay. change your website. When you're small, there's a beauty in starting small because you can actually perfect it before you're known. Okay. Yeah. So you started working, you, you knew you needed a chemist, you knew you needed, you knew, Clearly, you knew there was a hole right. in the market. You didn't right. want these chemicals in your hair. You're a right. mother. You're looking at life a little differently, it sounds like it, at this right. time. Right. Um, what what pushed you to say, okay, I'm ready to do this? Well, Mr. McCarthy from Intel Corporation, okay. who, by the way, I found two years ago. <laughs> about all, it so, all goes back to Mr. McCarthy. Go, he, he blessed me. <laughs> he, that experience blessed me. Mm. And I look at it as a blessing now. Because without that push, I wouldn't be here today. Okay. And so I had to thank him personally. And I sent him a message on Facebook and said, Google me. And he read it and yes. then blocked me. I but that's okay. It. No, no. You know what? Everybody, we need, we all need those <laughs> moments though. We all need those moments. And I don't, I'm a fan of little petty things like that. <laughs> that was kind I of mean, petty, wasn't it? Not bad it? A petty. Bit. It was that's, a little bit. petty. But I, I want him to know. Like, look, no. thank you. Thank you. Shout out to you. Google me. Thank you for pushing me. You, you created this monster, Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that was... So it sounds like this, I mean that was a big that, that really did it. Like what was the push? Moment. That was it. A hundred and ten percent. Okay. It was that experience, the fear of taking care of this kid, and I didn't have anyone to fall back on. My dad has had passed on. My mother couldn't help me. Mm. Like she still was in her, you know, position. It, it was me. It's, it's still me. I'm still everything for my family. So I had to make it work okay. and make it happen. So when you decided to expand and get into so you made this product. And um, I mean, very, very small, very, very small. Um, When did you decide that you were ready to expand into retail, like into what, like Target? Mm -hmm. And tell me about that. Well, I, you know, initially didn't think I wanted to go into retail because I wasn't educated in business enough. Okay. Because when you sell direct to the consumer, you're selling for your retail price. When you add distributors and, and retailers, then there's discounts you have to Oof. give them, right? Yeah. And in my mind, limited business experience, I thought, well, I, I'll keep more money if I just sell directly. Well, yes, you'll keep all the money, but then you have less footprint. You mm-hmm. have less exposure. So it definitely retails a cash cow. If you do it right, you price mm-hmm. your products right, and you have the right, the right cost okay. associated with your product. Um, so I went in about um, – Six years later, okay. six years into the business, six that was my and Target year. actually reached out, and that never usually happens. <sighs> but they were the buyer of the ethnic category was a blonde haired blue eyed woman, Linda Sullivan, who was amazing. She managed the ethnic category that had relaxers, grease, and all the legacy items. Mm-hmm. Her sales kept falling every single reporting Ooh. cycle. She had to revamp it. She doesn't. She wasn't sure what was going on, but she knew that wasn't it. And this was what around um, two thousand six, seven, okay. got it, eight, nine. 
right. I'm so, you know, I had so many babies, I can't remember all the timelines. So it. if you ask me a year, I might forget. <laughs> it's going to be all jumbled up. I always like putting in, it into context because I can think about like, I remember the struggle of like looking for, you know, hair care, good hair care products around then and right. just, and still using some of those products that I grew up with mm-hmm. and they weren't necessarily working. Right. Which I'm still fortunate for. It's no, I mean, you know. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> definitely because they are the four founders for yeah. us. They paved the way. Yeah. Um, and she saw that something was changing though, mm-hmm. the shift. And so she took charge and started researching okay. brands before Instagram. There was no Instagram. We didn't have Facebook yeah. back then. None of the, um, the crazy social media. So she media. brought four of us in. Okay. And she launched the category. So you launched. On the end cap, 130 doors. Wow. And what did it feel like to have this kind of pressure on you, though? I'm, sh- I'm assuming, I'm projecting, maybe you handled it like, you know, like a boss. <laughs> well, but I would assume that, you know, you have this new, it's this new level of success to your business, which was initially very small. And right. you could manage it yourself. You, you know, like you, you were the main person. And now you, you're in retailers. I was excited. I was ecstatic. Okay. Well, for a few reasons. It was 130 doors. Mm-hmm. So that was a small test. And I knew it was a test. Um, it gave me something to fight for. I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. I come from that. I so I, I, I just, I can that's tell. easy for me. <laughs> I was excited, 130 mm-hmm. doors. But I thought, okay, she told us up front, you have a test run with us. If you do well, we'll go with you and move you forward. If not, we'll pack your bags and send and... you everything back to you. And thank you very much. We all did well together. It was four of us together. It was Shea Moisture, Curls, Miss Jessie's, and Jane Carter. Okay. Uh, the original four on the end Original cap. four. On the end cap. Yeah, okay. Got it. And we all did well together, and we kept growing, and she kept adding to it, and it created, she created what it is now, you know, yeah. the natural space that other retailers have now adopted. They, yeah, yeah, they definitely duplicated it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I was in Target a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I always feel, I always stop and pause when I walk down these right. hair care aisles now because yeah. it was so, it's so dramatically it's so different. It's so amazing. It's so amazing, yeah. but it's so different from what we were used to about having those two products maybe. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, you could, you always had to head to like the beauty supply store mm-hmm. to get our stuff. To get our stuff. But if you wanted to go to Target or go, just any, any kind of mainstream retailer to pick up, um, you know, some hair products and some food, whatever. Right. You couldn't do that. Right. We can now. We can, now and we can. have so many. It's normalized. Black-owned hair care brands, yes. and now also beauty, yep. um, skin, makeup, all that. It's a beautiful world to be a black woman today. It's yep. beautiful. So I want to know. You have a multi-million-dollar company. Says how, <laughs> how, how uh, do you how. What steps did you take? What if you could think of three steps? I know it's kind of it's a little limited, but if you think just think of three things that you maybe did during that journey that were really big deals and helped propel you to the level of success that you're at now. Okay, so I don't know if it'll, I'll just rattle what rattle off the top rattle of my head. Away. Okay, the first thing I'll say <clears throat> number one, it's the hard work. Okay. Like, I work like nobody's business like a bunny rabbit because I'm afraid of being poor again. Mm. That's the bottom line. I have this death fear that I'm going to wake up one morning and I'm, I'll be back in the middle of you. Okay. So that Fair. propels me forward. Number two, I have a legacy to leave behind. I have four kids. That propels me forward. Mm. So working, I've heard a quote like a few different times, like it's, all, it's not about how smart you are, how talented you are. It's about how hard you work. It's what you do with those talents. And a recent study came out that actually CNN reported about it, that more success is driven 
by grit. What is grit? Perseverance, talent, determination, um, persistence, not giving up, mm -hmm. more than education. So that's what, and I always talk about grit, and I have grit. Not everyone has grit. Grit is not something you can just teach. Mm -hmm. it's a, and that piece of perseverance, determination, pushing through past and through the nose, mm -hmm. keep it going, evolving, hardworking, not stopping, all those things, and that fear of being poor, oh. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> it's real. It's real. It is real. <laughs> that fear, because yeah. of being there, I don't want to ever go back, go back to that. But I also have these kids looking behind, looking at me. All my yeah. my four children all look at me every single day, and they're extremely proud. But I work so hard to change their lives, mm. and that's what it is. Okay, so personally, that those are my drivers. But really, it's about what you bring to the table and how hard you work and your level of grit. Mm. Now, I have friends with great ideas, and even cousins and and every aunts, but. You can't. You have to execute, and I'm sure that a lot of people come to you with great yes, ideas all the time. But you have to execute. Mm -hmm. You have to execute. If you don't execute in a timely manner, you have to be agile. That's another thing. Mm. That's another piece I would definitely attribute success to. When I went to Target and they said, "We love everything you have. We'll take it, but we need you to lower your price point and change your packaging." I did that. Like this that. quickly. Yeah. You have to be agile. They expect that. And whenever I see an issue that I have to shift, I shift it quickly. Mm. Being agile, having grit, working hard, and having a plan. Okay. Failing a plan is planning to fail. Document where you're going, how you're going to get there, your, your business plan, your marketing plan, everything you need to make it work. This is your roadmap to success. You have to do it every single year. Okay. Sounds yeah. like you do a lot of planning, a lot yes. of road mapping. Yes. Um, but I, you also kind of said something else, and I could be projecting, but you're very much someone who takes negative experiences and, mm. you know, yeah. flips it completely around. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, what advice do you have for people who are maybe going through it right now and they're thinking of launching a business, but they maybe need extra support? Or, like, how do you, how do you get through to these, ne like, from these negative I guess these negative experiences. These, I say, let it be your fuel. Going? Let it be your gasoline yeah. to cause the fire. I mean, I, I, I do feel like you either fall back or move forward, propel mm -hmm. forward. And I say, let that negative experience or experiences light your fire. Mm -hmm. If you get told no a hundred times, keep going past the nose a hundred one times. I mean, it's you're gonna need thick skin to survive in business anyway. So if you if you can't take it, maybe it's not for you. But you have to be able to have thick skin and not give up. You have to move forward and take what I say. Take the lemons life has given you, and make the best taste in lemonade money okay. can buy. All right, and create a lemon stand. I lemonade stand. <laughs> um, we are wrapping up in a little bit, but quick question. Yes. You have a show. We didn't even get into all that. Oh, I know. I but I did. I mean, for me, I really, really wanted to know just the root and just the start of Curls and how you were able to persevere through all that. But another level of your career, you're on, you're on another path now, too, with a show on OWN. How did that come about? If you could briefly just kind sure. of. Yeah. Um, I was approached by the producers who okay. wanted to do a show. And they saw me on a different interview for a different show. Got it. That show didn't actually happen. So they remembered me and said, I think it would be great for it. Um, we took it to BET and OWN, and OWN loved it. Okay. Wow. I mean, yeah. of course, that's maybe, maybe I 
could have, I'm looking at my producer, maybe we could have her come back and we could talk about the show. But yes. um, so lastly, I did mention this a little bit before, but I like to ask all of our guests to name and to think about a woman who they consider to be unbossed and why and how that inspires them. Hmm. Who, what woman do you feel is unbossed? Who inspires you? Well, who inspires me? She's not a woman yet. It's my daughter. Okay, She's a young okay. girl. But okay. my you know what? Let me change the language. Okay. <laughs> Girls, women, any of that. That's fine. It can be a girl for sure. My daughter, my okay. Isabella Dellinger, 13 years old. She is the definition of unbossed. She's so independent. She's so secure. She's so confident. She is really strongly... Uh, she has a strong desire to succeed. Mm. And I say this all the time. My oldest son is, my only son, is naturally a brilliant walk in encyclopedia. But Isabella works 10 times harder mm. to get those same grades he gets easily. So I look at her as a definition of unbossed because, like I said earlier, it's grit, determination, yep. perseverance, and not so much education. She is going to be something. Her level of dedication to getting things done successfully, her dedication to being successful in everything that she touches mm -hmm. and managing her finances and just being amazing as a 13-year-old girl is just phenomenal to mm -hmm. me. She's it. so confident. I didn't have that level of confidence. She's easy. She'll have lunch by herself if she needs to. She doesn't. And think about middle yeah. school. Like that was a pressure point. Yeah. I need to have Who am I going to sit with? Yeah. Who am I going to sit with? She's so unbothered. Yeah. She's a boss. She's like a boss at 13. I love it. Yes. She wants to move to New York City. Okay. She loves New York. Okay. She feels like it's calling her name, she said. She's mad that she's not here right now. <laughs> you have to bring her. She she's has to mad. bring her to the offices next time. She FaceTimed me last night. Yeah. I'm still mad. I'm, I'm going to bring her. I would you have love to bring to. her next she time. She would love that. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what she becomes. I can't wait either. And, and I'm just so proud of her. And she's clearly, you know, way a beyond duplicate of mom. My world. Like she's clearly just, you know, a mini mom.